0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Short and Junk. This is a little podcast where I take a single question and answer that question, and then we go about our day. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, I have a series of questions that we picked up in Discord, and I'm going to kind of meander through them and um, answer some questions. And the the first question for the new Short and Junk series is, is it weird writing about a new character in a fandom where you have an OT? Yes. It is bizarre um last year i think it was during april's rough trade i wrote the first harry potter story i've ever written that harry potter wasn't um and it was startling to say the least um in fact there wasn't a single canon character in that story there are some that are mentioned but like the pov characters were all original characters um is a name on a door and Harry Potter. Ragnarok Windrider is my original character. Um, And there's a difference between the two. Um, If I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have used that name. Um, Because Ragnarok uh, is literally just a name on a door that Bill Weasley knows uh, in in the Harry Potter books. Um, But honestly, my diverger are so removed from what was in the books that it's it's just it just isn't the same at all but it was very difficult to kind of wrap my head around the idea that i was going to write um this oc oc pairing um and that there wasn't going to be a single on-screen or canon character in the show i mean in the in the whole story so it was like it was crazy and when I finished Fireborn, I was I was really super proud of it. Uh, I still maintain that my best Harry Potter work to date is *The Absence of War*, um, which also features an original character as the main character, which is Armand Deering. Um, and but I really enjoyed Fireborn. I enjoyed it so much that I've actually plotted um two more stories uh one called war um, um war hide and one called Wind Rider. i've shared the cover art a couple of times on discord so you might have seen it before um and we're going to i'm going to do those in november um they're going to be my um my my november rts rough trades and so i'm really super excited uh to, to do that and to, to delve back into that and uh but again um Writing original characters and only writing original characters in a fandom where I have a significant audience was a little daunting because while I had introduced a lot of the characters that appeared in Fireborn, um, some of them were absolutely 100% brand new. Uh, the concept was had been hinted to and referred to in the past in different methods and different ways. And... It was an entirely different perspective and i've actually had comments on the story fireborn which is currently on my site um where people have made assumptions about how it will go and about what would be allowed and um based on their own wishes for the future and for and honestly for canon characters uh and i was like am am did i did i mess up the pov on that and i don't think i did i think it's just a lot of times readers see what they want to see. And, as a writer, you can't make your readers see one thing specifically or another. Um, but actually, Fireborn <laughs> is a Harry Potter slash The Hobbit story and features no canon characters from either. Um, Mahal is referenced. Eru is referenced. Is that how you say his name? Eru? Eru? I mean, I don't know how she would say it. Um, the hit, uh, the war porridge fic is all the world. So, um, Which is not connected... Fireborn is not connected to any project I've ever done as far as that goes. Um, It could be seen as a... Kind of like a bastard child of my Heart and Soul series. Where Harry Potter ends up back in 1975. Because when I was writing um, Only Time. Which is the third part in the Heart and Soul series. Which is finished and will go into beta soon. I was... um, I was thinking about that time period a lot and what was going on with other groups and magical people um, across the world while um while voldemort was building his forces and they were all on the cusp of another blood war and what what did that mean and what did that mean and, and how were other species responding and specifically how would the diverger have responded if they were literally from middle earth if they weren't just a species of Jwaro that evolved on on, on Earth, what if they came from, Earth, from from Arda? And what would that do? And what would they see as their ultimate solution to escaping the tyranny that they currently live under? And the threat of the Death eater, um, which they don't see the humans responding appropriately to. And so their mindset is drastically different from what is happening in canon in, in Harry Potter uh, their destiny was different than what happened with the Juaro on Middle Earth in the Hobbit and in the Lord of the Rings Thorin lived he had children with bilbo um those children ended up going with the hobbits when the um when the hobbits left Middle Earth um uh, Middle Earth is 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 empty and feral um and uh, full of magic and and danger and uh some probably some darkness and it's um no 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 dragons no hobbits no elves no humans no doro nothing's left just dirt plants and trees that, that 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 can no longer talk um and so when when my characters go to to arda they're going to wake up the magic that that is laying there um and one of the things I noticed that several readers assumed that they would eventually invite humans to come with them, and they won't. There is absolutely no circumstance where Rizal would, would invite a human being to live on Arda. He seeks a sanctuary for his people. He is not remotely interested in interacting with humans, dealing with humans. He's never even met one. Um, he. There are human ancestries that's mentioned in the um, book. Fireborn, and um, and even he has a human ancestor, but he's never met them. <laughs> you know, he's literally, you know, never met a human being, and he's not remotely interested in meeting a wizard or a witch. Um, and when they leave, the wizarding world won't know it until it's too late. And that's the point, because the thing is, is when you write from an alternate perspective that's not canon, when you step outside of Harry Potter's very narrow perspective... And you look at the world that the other magical beings and creatures are living in, it's heinous. It's heinous what they do to the centaur and what they do to the to the giants and what they're doing to the dragons and what they did to the diverger. Um, I'm not going to say the G word. Um, It's it's so when you let yourself when you when you when you put yourself in that mindset, it is difficult To justify the idea that Rizal, who's never met a human, would be remotely interested in saving a single one of them from themselves. Because he rightly sees that all of their problems are of their own making. They're creating all these problems for themselves on top of subjugating his whole fucking species. He literally ain't got time for that. So that was an interesting thing to do. And also, because I do have two very regular pairings in Harry Potter, it was refreshing it, it was deeply refreshing to to have these original characters to play with. And I'm, you know, overall very happy with the reader response that I got. Um, well, the implication... Um, Someone asked in the chat room about Flitwick has come up a couple, a couple of times. The implication being is that you think that Flitwick would want to go. That he would abandon his human family. Because there's... like Based on casting in the movie, he looks to be more human than he does G-Word. Um, and that he's very magical. He has a career. He lives in the human world. He's been at Hogwarts for decades. Uh, The implication that they would trust him enough to include him in their plans is interesting because he doesn't work on their behalf. He doesn't work in their communities. He doesn't participate in their society. One can assume that, well, Flitwick is like a third, I think, officially. He's a third G-word in the Harry Potter books. Um which the implication means that he was probably birthed by a human female um, and grew up, probably went to Hogwarts, something that other children of of his other species would not have been allowed to do. Um, He's allowed to teach human children. They obviously see him as human-ish, even if they degrade him. Now, I do take Flitwick in... um, small magic in, in in small magic you uh i've recently re- wrote a chapter where flitwick appears because the reason that ragnarok was able to retrieve lily from dumbledore is that flickwick um got him into hogwarts <laughs> so and helped him kill the rest of the order of the phoenix so that ragnarok could escape with um with lily so he is on Arda in uh, Small Magic, and um, he's going around being Flitwick. He's making a school. He's <laughs> so and and also charming giant statues of Durin to kill Orc because that became a thing, and I don't know why it wasn't in my plot. But sometimes things happen in plots. Um, but Fireborn, Warhide, and Ring and, and Wing. Mm wind rider i'm I'm gonna get it out eventually are all very centric to my diverger concept and their return to arda and the last thing i would do if i was razelle would be to bring a species of people that have spent literally hundreds of years subjugating my my species that's like you know that's like inviting your enemy into your house to live in your guest bedroom i don't i don't know if that's a good idea I'm going to show you guys, but I'm going to show, and I've, I've showed them before, but there are probably people in the chat room who have not seen them and I'm really proud of them. So I want to show them again. This is my cover arts for, um, for November. Um, so anyways, it is, it is very, um, different to write in a fandom without your OT or even like your favorite pairing. Um, cause lately I do favor Harry and Draco, um, for obvious reasons that we don't need to beat that dead skeleton horse with. Um, uh, And it's, uh, it, so it was difficult and really interesting. And, um, but also like that story just came out of me like water. I mean, I have honestly had the best writing year that I've had in a very long time. Um, I recently topped 600 K written for the year. And so, you know, I'm something like that, 600 ish. Um, and so it's, it's been a really, really fun year, uh, for, the, for, for in, in that perspective. So, I hope that answers your question about writing a new character. And I think the real issue is like when you if if you're writing a character that is canon or if you're writing a character that is original in this fandom that you've that you're honestly very comfortable in and I do recommend that you pick a fandom that you're comfortable in that you've done some world building of your own because it will be easier and more comfortable. I have the biggest ensemble OC cast of any other fandom in Harry Potter. So when it came time to make more, it didn't seem like a daunting task. Uh, casting and and creating all the members of Roselle's conclave didn't even phase me because I already have a huge amount of um, OC characters. I think the other one would probably be Stargate and that and that comes from ties that bind, um, which required a lot of world building on my part to to function within the fandom.. Um, so if you're going to do it, if you're going to tackle a, a minor character or a character that's just a name um, that will that will essentially be an original character. Like if you wrote a Stargate story featuring Miko Kusanagi, you would essentially be writing an original character. Because she like, she's nothing. She's a, there's zero there. I mean, zero. So it's she's just a name, basically. And I think a little video, like a little video. But you don't even have to use that. I wouldn't. I don't. Um, And so if you're going to do that, pick pick a fandom one that you're comfortable in, that you can world build easily in. Um... And that you find uh, specifically entertaining. Because you want to be engaged in the material as you're writing. It will make it much easier and keep your anxiety low. If that makes sense. I love Miko too. Um, I'm specifically named with my own version of Miko. Like I said, you do, you do see her a couple of times in um, Stargate. But she's basically just a name. Um, we get more screen time interaction with the guy, Chuck, who does the gate chuck campbell who's only i think named chuck because that was literally the actor's name chuck i want to ask hollywood writers how do you insert a character into a fucking show and not give them a full name how do you get there i'm looking at you teen wolf yeah uh there's there's stilinski sheriff Stalinsky in um in teen wolf there's chief o'brien in star trek um Walter Harriman didn't have a first name. He didn't have any name, actually, for a while. And he, he was at SG-1. Uh, Sergeant Campbell in Stargate did not have a first name. I think fans started calling him Chuck, and then everybody else just kind of like, okay, yeah, he's Chuck. He did, everybody just agreed. Um, but the fact that Sheriff Stilinski... Like what? Three or four seasons of Teen Wolf in did not have a first name. So by that time, fandom had established that his name was John. And fuck it, if anybody disagreed with them, I don't blame them at all. Um, I think if I wrote him, I'd probably write him as John Noah Stilinski. Give canon a little nod, but still use John because I respect fandom more than I do canon. So now, you know, honestly, background characters in shows like 911 or in Criminal Minds. Or, you know, in, in other procedurals where you're going to see them once and never again. Um, especially if they're just using extras to fill the background in. And they don't want to... They don't... They can't guarantee they'll have that extra under contract to play that that part again. It makes sense not to give them names. Um, because it would just create inconsistency. Because if they had this guy on set for two days, he's in two episodes. Okay. But what if they need that guy again, but they can't get him because he's working across town and he's got under contract now. And so, or, you know, I just, it's, it's not background characters don't always need names, but if you put a character in a scene with dialogue repeatedly and not, and don't give them a name, you're an asshole. (sighs) Okay. So they're saying that, um, it was six years, six seasons before either Stilinski had a legal canon first name. That's, that's, that's outrageous. Anyways, I hope that answered your question. And thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I don't even know how to end this. I, I I don't even have, I don't have, I don't have Julie to say goodnight. This is bizarre. Catch you later.